Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. four Sundays of Advent, we're on this journey through the four titles, the four messianic titles that the prophet Isaiah revealed to God's people in the proclamation of this word. And we've already journeyed through Wonderful Counselor, and last week we talked about Mighty God, and today we will discuss Everlasting Father. Now a lot of us get confused at that because we were under the impression that Jesus was the Son of God. But yet, Jesus also seems to be fulfilling this role of everlasting father that feels a little incongruent to us, and that's okay. What we discover is that Jesus truly is all things for all people. Jesus can both be the embodiment of a divine parent and also a beloved child who comes to lead the rest of the wayward children home to their parent. And today, as we hear these words, the people of Israel heard Everlasting Father in a very particular way. They believed that the deities in their time were divine parents. They believed that, and so Everlasting Father was an important role for God to fulfill for them. But then coming as Emmanuel, God with us in human form, Everlasting Father took on a whole new meaning. Now, for some of us, we have been blessed to have parents who truly were very present and engaged with us. They offered us a safe sanctuary in our home. For a lot of us, our parents give us a glimpse into what an everlasting father could be. Now, back in the days of the prophet Isaiah and even the days of Jesus, they had two different genders of deity. You often had sky god, male gods, and you had earth god, fertility goddesses. But back then, they didn't believe that the household could be run by women. They were wrong, but they didn't believe that. And so they didn't believe that really you could place the entire world in the hands of a female earth goddess. And so they needed to believe that it was an everlasting father figure that they had. Well, we have searched the scriptures now, and we know that God doesn't have one gender over the other. In fact, there are plenty of places in the scriptures where God describes God's self as giving birth to a people using that more maternal language. But then there are also times where, like a mother or a father, God has to come down and rain down some justice and establish some peace and order. So really, God is able to fulfill both of those forms for us. But in Jesus' day, if you had said, oh, you have an everlasting mother, the people would have been a little put out by that concept. We're a little bit more integrated now and a little bit more able to fathom such possibilities. But let's use the term that was given to God's people, everlasting father. Jesus will utilize this vignette, this picture that is painted repeatedly throughout his teaching and his preaching, and it's recorded in all four of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus is using that imagery of being a divine parent for God's people in that day and age and forevermore. That is why Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son. It's talking about how we are prodigal children. We are those who, even despite our best intentions, fall short of the glory of God. We make mistakes, we sin, we walk away, we wander away. Sometimes we just turn our back on God and go in our own direction. 
But no matter what we find ourselves doing or where we have gone, Jesus declares in that paradigm that as prodigal children, we are always welcome home. We are always able to return to God, and God receives us, as the father in that story did, with open arms, but also with a desire to truly celebrate. If you've ever had the experience of being a prodigal child, then you know that it comes with a huge slice of humble pie when you have to come home. When I was 19, I left my parents' household and I moved several states away. And some of you know this because I was running to God and I've told you that surely God doesn't live in New Jersey. And so I went there. And much to my absolute dismay, yes, God does reside also in New Jersey. It's hard to find him sometimes, but I promise you God is there. And so when I was there, I had many experiences that cemented that I was meant to come back home to Virginia and pursue ordination there. But at one point, it occurred to me that I was no longer going to be able to run from my call, and I didn't want to go to Canada, so I had to make a decision. And so in talking with my parents, they decided to let me come home. They actually welcomed me home. They let me paint my room raspberry pink which, by the way, takes at least four good coats, my father reminded me, four good coats. And I don't know who bought the house after them, but I hope they liked raspberry, because I don't think they've invented the primer that will cover that yet. And so when I came home, though, even though my parents were so gracious about it, and they welcomed me home, and they wanted to ensure that I was going to be able to now pursue my higher education by attending classes at Northern Virginia Community College, it still was awkward to confront the fact that I was now back living at home. And when you have a sister who is almost 10 years younger than you living at home, you are definitely reminded that you have come home. <laughs> and that now you are back in a place that you thought that you had, you know, had an exodus from, that you were liberated from. And it's not that I didn't love my parents and love my household and love my sister, but it wasn't my kingdom anymore. It was no longer the place where I felt that I had total autonomy. And instead, coming back, you realize that you, you, know, you have different rules to live by and different expectations, and then there are other people around. And it's shocking to realize how much you grow when you're out of the household to like things your own way. And so coming home was a very humbling experience. And then you, know, you meet people, and they're like, where do you live? And you're like, with my parents. That's always a great starter for a good conversation. I live with my parents. Now, that may be a generational thing where we seek independence because when my child was in elementary school, I was talking to him one day and I said, well, what are your plans for the future? And he said, well, I thought I would live with you until you die. <laughs> and then when you're dead and buried, I thought I would build a house like right next to your grave. Now, I realize he's 50% Italian, and they live at home till like 35, but that was not my plan, my vision for what would happen to him. And I said, I think you need a plan A, because I don't like where we're going here. You know, I expected him to yearn for some of the same things I did, to be independent, to be out in the world on my own. And even now, I don't think that he means to do that. I think he just wants me to develop an Amazon delivery address for the basement. But that's not what we're called to do, right? We're called to go out into the world and to be in the world, especially as Christians. We're called to go forth and share God's love and God's truth and grace with other people and to bless them as we have been blessed. But every now and then, we need to come home. We need to make sure that 
we are still connected with our divine parent, that we have a place where we know that no matter how bad it gets out there, we are still welcomed in here. And so the title Everlasting Father is what reminds us that we are always welcome here, that every single one of us not only has a place in God's heart, we have a place in God's home, the homes here on earth, the houses of worship, the, the palaces of prayer, but also the eternal home made in the heavens, not with hands, but with all of divinity. And we need to be reminded of that because no matter how old we get, how vintage we become, we will always be younger than God. We will always have a divine parent who loves us and yearns to care for us. And when I look back on that day when my son so boldly and confidently declared that he would live with me until I die, I realized that that was probably hastening that day, that I would die sooner than I thought if we were going to live together forever. But thank you for online colleges, you're not helping. But, but, it had always been my intention that even after he set off into the world on his own, whether he was going to college or he was going out to work or becoming footloose and fancy free, that should he ever need a couch to crash on, if he ever needed a place to come home and have a home-cooked meal, that he could come home to me, wherever that would be. And that if I could, financially, I would help, to help him when he felt low or he needed a pick-me-up. If I could, physically, that, you know, he could crash on the couch for, you know, a few nights. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. I have high expectations. And so it is that we find ourselves modeling who we are after these titles of the Messiah. That we are called to be an everlasting parent. I can't believe that when my son turns 18 and he graduates from high school, I can just be like, see ya. Right? I don't think that's going to happen. Right now, I'm you know, just kind of hoping that we make it that far. Because now he's a teenager. Exactly. But I'll tell you, when you look at the titles that Isaiah was giving... The God's people at that time, what you find is that they felt like orphans. They felt like they had been abandoned completely. They looked at the world and there were so many other peoples in the world that were doing so well. They had fiscal sovereignty. They were able to be independent nations. They had their own monarchs. They weren't vassal puppet states of other nations. And instead, these people said, we feel so abandoned. Where is our God? Where is that divine parent, the one who called to us out of our bondage and our slavery in Egypt and who led us out to Mount Sinai and made covenant with us to say, I am your God and you are my people from this day on and forevermore. Where did God go? But what they failed to realize is that God hadn't gone anywhere, that they had simply turned their back on God and reoriented themselves outwardly instead of looking to their God. And every single adult has those moments. Some of them last almost a lifetime. But we have those moments where we feel so confident in ourselves that we think that we can do it on our own. And we go, you know, it's good that if something happens, like God's here, but I'm going to try to make it on my own. But God has said, I am not only here for when you need to come home, but I want to give a piece of myself to you in the presence of the Holy Spirit so that you will never be alone. You will never be abandoned. You will always have me with you. And Jesus uses that imagery of everlasting father repeatedly, not only in the prodigal son parable, 
but also in the encounters that he has with people in his ministry. The Gospel account of Mark records for us that there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And the story says that she was in pain and she was suffering and that she had gone to doctors for over a decade and had never found a cure, not even a treatment that would provide her relief. But then she heard that Jesus was coming to her town. And like the crowd, she too went out to see him and she became convinced. The text tells us in her mind that she knew that if she could just touch the hem of his cloak, that she could be healed. And so in the madness and the cacophony and the chaos of the crowd, she crouched further and further toward Jesus and she reached out and she touched him and immediately she felt herself healed. She felt the blood flow cease. She knew that she was healed. And now for the first time in 12 years, clean. And Jesus felt that power go out from him. And so Jesus turned to his apostles and he said, someone touched me. And like all really good, responsible adults, they said, well, of course, it's a crowd. A lot of people are touching us. People are touching me as I'm talking to you. And Jesus said, no, someone touched me. He felt the power go out from him. And the woman took responsibility for that, and she said, I did it. I touched you. Not only was she bold enough to seek Jesus for her cure, but then she was willing to own up to it, and Jesus said to her daughter, you have been healed. Go forth. He calls her daughter, for he is the everlasting father who welcomed her home even when she felt broken and unhealable. Then Jesus spends a lot of time talking about children and how important children are into the world. Not only should we welcome children and not hinder them as they come to Jesus, but Jesus says, you should become like one of them. You should become like a child, for I am your everlasting Father, and I will always welcome you back. Welcome you to crawl up into my lap if necessary. Welcome you to come home and find rest and a safe place to lay your head, for I am your everlasting Father. But then perhaps the most profound statement about Everlasting Father happens in the night in which Jesus was betrayed. The Gospel account of John records for us how Jesus gathered at the Passover Seder, that sacred annual meal, and there, gathered with his apostles, he spoke many truths to them, many of which in chapter 14 are recorded in our liturgy in the service of death and resurrection. But one of the things that Jesus says there is, I will not leave you orphaned. As your divine parent, I will never leave you orphaned. And if you don't see me, then I will send you the Spirit of the Lord, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit will come to you and will become part of who you are so that no matter where you go, there I am with you. I will not leave you orphaned. And so Jesus once more leans into that prophetic word of Isaiah, Everlasting Father. And today, we are given the opportunity to hear just how far a divine parent will go for us, to come and be in this earthly vessel that we call our bodies, to come and live in a world that is filled with sickness and sin, with suffering and death, and yet choose to be very present and very available. It's one thing to know that you have a parent. It's another to know that you have their ear, their heart, and their presence whenever you want it. And that was the promise of the Messiah, that I would draw closer to you and know 
that no matter where you are in your life, in your journey, in this earth, that God is always there with you and for you. And that was the fulfillment that happened on that first Christmas day. God drew closer to us than we had ever been able to go to God. And we celebrate that not only with our worship this day, but with the songs and the music. For God had been a divine parent before. God had taken favor to one of God's youngest children by the name of David. David was a child of God that had a wonderful heart. The rest of David needed some work, but the heart was there. A heart that knew that when David had messed up, that heart said, I have been wrong, I have sinned against the Lord. And David had practiced with that, he sinned against the Lord a lot. But David knew that when he recognized his failures and his sins, and he turned to God and said, I am sorry, that God opened God's arms and said, welcome home. And so God gave David many gifts. God blessed David in a lot of ways. And one of the ways that David was blessed was being a musician. And so David had a talent for playing that stringed instrument known as the lyre. And he had a talent for composing gorgeous songs that proclaimed the majesty and the might of God. Most of those are probably lost to humankind, but we have a great number of them that are recorded in the book of Psalms. And there, repeatedly, David wrestles with what it is to be a human being and to want to be independent and autonomous, but also to be faithful to God Almighty. And so if you have the opportunity to go back and read the Psalms, you will see that they vacillate very much between I am being overrun by sin and my enemies, and I know that God is my Savior, and then that more sinful piece of, and I wish that you would make them suffer God. Because David, like the rest of us, hasn't quite gone on to perfection yet. But God looked at David and saw great possibility. And that's what a good parent does. A good parent looks at us and sees potential and possibility and encourages and loves us and forgives us into achieving it. And that's what God did with David. Despite the fact that he did more sins than I have time to list for you this morning, David also took what God had given him, that gift of musicality, that gift of playing his instrument, and he used it to bring healing and peace to others. In fact, when King Saul was being assailed by a spirit that not only made him feel great dissonance, but made him feel pain and mental anguish, God sent David to play his instrument. And it was only that music that could soothe his tormented spirit. So no matter why you are here this morning, whether there was no other place that you would fathom being or whether this is your first opportunity to be with us, may the music that you continue to hear and the songs that are proclaimed for the glory of God, may it soothe your spirits. And may it remind you that your God is such an everlasting Father, that God would never fathom leaving you without a word of hope in a weary world. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.